Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Well, I want to talk again um, about or continue our talk on Pit Happens. Pit Happens. Um, and we're going to talk again about how we can stay out of the pits or get out of the pits and stay out of the pits of life. Um, I want you to show that picture of this, this gal here. Anybody recognize that gal? Some of you barrel racing girls? No? Anybody recognize her? Who? I heard it over here. Mary Walker. Anybody heard of Mary Walker? All right, good. A few of you guys have heard of Mary Walker. Well, I want to tell you two stories today about individuals that went from the pit to being blessed. And Mary Walker is a a living uh, proof of this idea. Um, If you don't know who Mary Walker is, Mary Walker is a professional barrel racer. And she uh, joined the, the Professional Barrel Racing or Women's Pro Rodeo Association in 1983. And for almost 30 years, she raced, she barrel raced uh, in, in the Professional Rodeo Association. But here's the thing. For all those 30 years, I mean, she had her ups and downs. But in 2011, it was probably the worst year of her life. And let me explain and kind of tell her story a little bit. Uh, in 2011, she had a, a son who was 21 years old, and he died at 21 years of age in a car wreck. Um, and, and, and just died, and, and it was just unexpected, obviously, um, but she lost her 21-year-old son in a car wreck. Well, two months later, she had one of the worst injuries, or the worst injury uh, of her long career as a barrel racer. Uh, her horse, Latte, who she's riding right there, horse, Latte, slipped in Crosby, Texas, around the final barrel, and fell on her, and, and broke her pelvis, Uh, Broke her hip in three places, broke two vertebrae in her back, and a pair of toes. Needless to say, she had seen better days. Um, But uh, here's the thing. The doctors put her back together. They had to use eight plates to put her hip back together to stabilize it and 11 pins. And Walker faced, uh, Mary Walker faced one of the the worst uh, injuries that a barrel racer can ever face. But here's the thing. In two months, in, in a two-month period, she had lost her son, and she had, uh, she had had this accident, the worst accident of her life. So needless to say, she was probably in the worst pit of her life. Well, here's the thing. Rather than lying down and giving up and just withering away, uh, Mary chose to fight and to work to heal her body and her heart. After three months of rehab, four months in a wheelchair, not knowing if she would ever walk again, or even ride again, the doctors cleared her to ride again. They told her, they said, the only thing that's going to hold you back is what's between your ears. And that was her mind. And so, again, she began to, to set her goals high. Um, this was in 2011. Uh, she set her goal to, to make the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo uh, in the barrel racing in 2012. And her husband, Byron, who was a uh, steer wrestling champion, I, th- I believe in 1981, they worked together to get her back in the saddle again. In 2011, they uh, began the rehab and all that stuff. And they actually, uh, her and her husband actually went to the Wrangler National Finals in 2011. And they pulled up and they got to park in the handicapped spot. 
because she was still crippled. They walk into the arena, and her husband and her, they go through the, the motions of being there at the finals and what it would be like. They looked at the alley. They studied the alley. They studied the arena, which was a smaller arena, and they began to prepare her you know, for making the finals. Again, she set this goal of, of making the finals in 2012, and, and here's the thing. In 2012, getting on the same horse that had fallen on her, she began her road to the finals. In 2012, she set a new WPRA record for earnings by winning $147,000. Her horse, Latte, became the horse, the barrel horse of the year in 2012. And at the age of 53, she qualified for her first Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. How cool is that? Well, here's the thing. That's not the end of the story. At the finals, she won a Ram Dodge pickup. For, she won a Ram Dodge pickup for being the Top Gun Award, which is the highest earnings at the 2000 NFR in a single event. She won the Best Dressed Cowgirl, <laughs> along with all that money. She won four out of, out of the ten rounds in the barrel racing and clinched her first world championship. Yeah. <clears throat> and her overall earnings were, get this, $275,000 for one year. I'd take it. I'd ride a barrel horse for that much money. I'm just kidding, barrel horse people. I've offended so many barrel horses. I'm trying to give back to the barrel horse girls, okay? But that, that is such an amazing story. Mary Walker went from being on the bottom to being to the, on the top. She, her story is of someone that went from the pit to the platform of being a world champion. And it's an amazing story. I, I think they'll make a movie about it someday. I, I, I hope they do. Well, here's the thing. There is another story. This story happened a couple years ago. There's another story in the Bible that I want to tell you about as well. And it happened almost 2,000 or 2,000 or more years ago. And it relates to this being in a pit but going to the platform. And, and here's the thing. I want, to, I want to tell you the story about Joseph. Anybody ever heard of Joseph? Yeah, Joseph, in uh, Genesis chapters 37 through 50, and I'm going to read every chapter to you this morning. No, I'm not. But I want to recap Joseph's life. If you've never heard the story of Joseph, this is an amazing, amazing story, and I want to re recap it for you today. Joseph was one of 12 sons of Jacob, and guess what he was? He was the baby. How many of you guys are the baby of the family? Baby of your family? A bunch of babies. I'm the baby too, so I can talk. I'm the baby of the family. How many of you guys ever got accused of being favored as the baby? All right, how many of you guys believe that it wasn't true? It wasn't true. I was never favored. I mean, my mom never did anything that she wouldn't do for the rest of my brothers would uh, disagree. Well, here's the thing. Joseph's brothers would also disagree. Joseph's dad favored Joseph so much and his brothers hated him for it. One of the things that Jacob did, Joseph's dad did, was he got him a coat of many colors. And I don't know about you, but I would have thought, why can't you give me a horse of many colors or something? Oh, a coat? Come on now. But his dad got him this coat of many colors. And because of that, his brothers even hated him even more. Um, one day, Joseph had two dreams. 
And, and these dreams implied, and he told his brothers this, which I would have told my brothers too, but his, his, these dreams implied that one day his brothers were going to bow down to him. How many of you guys wished you ever had a dream about your brothers like that? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is a cool dream, man. Uh, but Joseph has this dream, and, and, and again, one day uh, in the dream, his brothers, uh, it, it implied that his brothers were going to bow down to him. Well, one day, his brothers were out uh, tending the sheep, and his dad, Jacob, sent Joseph out to check on the brothers. And as the brothers see Joseph coming, they plot to kill their little brother. Uh, how many of you guys ever wanted to kill your little brother? You, it's okay. We're in church. It's okay. Kill your little brother. Well, here's the thing. One of his brothers stood up and said, no, 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 we can't kill him. Let's just throw him in this pit. Um, how many of you guys have ever gotten thrown in a pit by your brother or something stupid? Like they threw you into like, you know, a bush with thorns on it. My brothers, every time I walk by something that they could push me into, they push me into it. Am I the only one? Am I, did, I have, did I have the mean brothers and you guys got the easy brothers? All right, well, anyways, his brother decided, they decided, well, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into this pit. And that's what they did. And, and they threw him into this pit, and they said, well, hey, here's what we'll do. We're going to take this uh, coat of many colors, and we're going to tear it to shreds. We're going to put blood on it, and we're going to take it back to Father Jacob, and we're going to tell him that this ferocious animal killed Joseph. And so that's what they did. They stuck him in this pit, and then, and then they grabbed his coat, and they, they put goat's blood on it, and they did all this stuff. But then, then here's what happens. Their brothers decide they're eating, and they're, and they're just, they're just kind of eating, and they see this caravan drive by. And they decide, okay, let's change our idea, and let's not throw him into this pit. Let's get him out of the pit, and let's sell him. How many of you guys ever wanted to sell your brothers? Can I get a witness? I would have sold my brothers for cheap back in the day. I mean, five bucks, come on, something. I love my brothers now, but it was a, you know, let's get it on back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyways, they pull him out of the pit, and they sell him to this, these gypsies that were coming by in this caravan. And, 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 and again, so here's, here's Joseph. He goes from being in a literal pit to being in a pit of slavery, sold out by his brothers. Well, Meanwhile, all this is happening. The gypsies sell Joseph again, and they sell him to a guy named Potiphar. There's a guy named Potiphar. He was one of Pharaoh's officials, and Joseph served as a slave in Potiphar's house. Well, Potiphar took note of how blessed Joseph was, and guess what? He put him in charge of everything in his house, everything but his wife. Everything but his wife. Well, here's the next pit that, that Joseph faced. Joseph, the Bible says, was a handsome man. And Potiphar's wife took a liking to him. And uh, day after day, Potiphar's wife said, come on, let's go get it on. Let's go to bed, baby. You know, and, and it was just, you know, just all over him. And Joseph kept on saying, heck no, I'm not going to bed. The, the, you know, Potiphar has put me in charge of everything but you. You are the only thing that he has said is off limits. And so day after day, Joseph tells her no. Well, one day, she gets him cornered, and uh, she asks him to come to bed. She says, have your way with me. And he pulls away, and when he pulls away, she pulls his cloak off of him. And she has his cloak, and Joseph runs, and he runs out of there. Well, she begins to make a ruckus. And she calls all the guards in and all the people in, and she's like, Joseph tried to make sport of me. 
and she lies. And she said, Joseph tried to to, to take advantage of me. And what happens is Potiphar believes his wife and throws Joseph into prison. Another pit. One pit after the other. Well, while in prison, listen to this. While in prison, the prison warden looks at Joseph and, and sees how he lives his life, sees that he does everything that he's supposed to do, and guess what he makes him? He makes him in charge of everybody in the prison. <laughs> Every pit that he goes into, he gets put in charge because he's such a righteous man. But the story doesn't end there. Here's the, here's, here's the rest of the story. A, a couple of the king's officials get thrown into prison where Joseph is in charge. The cupbearer and the baker. I guess the baker wasn't very good. <laughs> and the cupbearer, I don't know what his problem was. <coughs> But they get thrown into prison, and in prison, they have a dream. And Joseph interprets their dreams correctly. Well, only thing that Joseph asks, he says, hey, when you guys get out of here, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. Well, that's exactly what they do. One of them, the, 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 uh, the baker gets hung, just like Joseph said he would. He gets hung, so he dies, so the cupbearer gets out. And he goes back to working with the king and forgets about Joseph for almost two years. Joseph stays in prison until one day Pharaoh, the the Pharaoh, the big, the king, the big dog, has some dreams that no one can interpret. And the cupbearer comes back and he says, hey, I remember this guy named Joseph who interpreted my dream while I was in prison. And so here's what Pharaoh does. Pharaoh says, go get him. Go get him so that he can interpret my dreams. And, and Pharaoh has two dreams. Here's what he saw in his dreams. The first dream he had, he saw five, or excuse me, seven fat and sleek cows come out of a river and graze. Seven fat cows coming out of a river and, and grazing. Then he saw seven scrawny and ugly cows come out of the river and eat the seven fat cows. They must have been hungry. But you got these seven fat cows, and you got these seven ugly cows, and the seven ugly cows come out and eat the seven fat cows. Well, here's the second dream. The second dream, he he sees a a seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After that, the seven seven more heads of grain, which were thin and withered, uh, and the thin heads swallowed up the good heads of grain. Well, Joseph says, no problem. I can interpret that. And here's what, how he interpreted these dreams. The seven fat cows and, and the seven good heads of grain stood for seven years of abundance. Seven years of abundance and prosperity uh, for Egypt. The seven cows that were thin and the thin heads of grain stood for seven years of famine. So here's, here's what Joseph told him. He said, you need to gather up grain during the seven years of abundance so that when the seven years of famine hit, You've got enough grain to feed the whole country of Egypt. And that's exactly what he did. Pharaoh was pleased with the interpretation that Joseph gave. And listen to what, he ha- what happens in Genesis chapter 41, verses 37 through 40. It'll be on the screen. Listen to what Pharaoh says. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom the spirit of God is, is the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. 
And all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. The whole land of Egypt. After all the betrayal, after all the lies, Joseph went from the pit to the palace. I don't know about you, but that's an amazing, amazing story. Later on, Joseph's brothers, they come because the famine hit. They come to Joseph, or they come to the land of Egypt, and they say, we need grain. Guess who's over everything? Joseph's over everything. They do not, they do not recognize Joseph when they get there, and guess what they did when they got there? They bowed down to him. Therefore, fulfilling the dream that Joseph had earlier well joseph recognizes them they don't recognize him and he hides his identity and he tests them he puts things in their in their uh, grain bags and sends them back seeing if they would come back and tell them that those uh, silver dollars were in there and you can read about this story later but he forces them to go back and bring back the newest brother which was benjamin the youngest of the brothers Um, And they bring back Benjamin, Joseph reveals himself, and to make a long story short, they reconcile, and all of the families of Joseph and everybody in the the nation, in the country of Egypt, is saved. Now here's the thing, you say, well, wow, well, that's a a cool story. Uh, What can we get out of this story? I want to point out two things that I think apply to Joseph, can apply to Mary, and can apply to us today. And then I'm done. Number one is this, if you're taking notes. Number one. (coughs) (coughs) Through it all, the Lord was with Joseph. Through it all, the Lord was with Joseph. Through the ups and the downs, the Lord was there. Even in the pit of slavery, the Lord was with him. Look at Genesis 39.2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. You see that? I mean, here is Joseph. He's been sold by his brothers, but the Lord is with him and the Lord keeps him. The Lord uses him. Even after falsely being accused by Potiphar's wife of taking advantage of her, the Lord is with him. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. It says, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And in Genesis chapter 39, verse 23, it says, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And you say, well, what's the application for me? Here's the thing. Maybe you're here today and you've been thrown into the pit by somebody. You love the Lord, you serve the Lord, but for some reason, you've been thrown into a pit. Maybe you've been betrayed, maybe you've been sold out by somebody, maybe someone at your work or some family member has betrayed you, and you don't know why, but you took the fall for everybody. Now, here's the thing. I want you to hear this. Those of you that are in that pit, maybe you're, you're here today, listen, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. I I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've been betrayed by some, what I would call, so-called friends. Um, and, and, And I've taken some of the falls that I shouldn't have taken. But here's the cool thing about, that, about walking with, with Jesus Christ in your life. The truth is, He has always been with me. 
And no matter what you go through, no matter how bad you think it is, no matter who betrays you, it may have been your mom. It may have been your dad that betrayed you. Listen, I want you to hear, the Lord is with you. He is there even in the pit. He's not scared to get dirty. He's not worried about what people are going to think. He is with you. Amen? He is with you. (coughs) And here's the truth. There is no place that we can go away from God's presence. I want you to listen. Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12. It's a great scripture. It says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you and the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Listen, you cannot fall far enough from God that he can't reach you. You, Even in the deepest pit, his hand is there to guide us and he is the light in the darkness. And for those of us, again, that know the Lord, he is always there. Number two is this. Through it all, God blessed Joseph. God blessed him. Joseph came out of every pit better And here's the thing, time after time, God lifted him out of the pit that he was thrown into and blessed him. You say, well, why? Why would God bless him? And here's my answer, because Joseph was faithful to God. Even in the pit, even when things went down, even when he was sold out by his brothers, he didn't, he didn't, you know, just say, God, I want to forget you. I want to, I want to just leave, you know, I want out of this relationship with you. No, he didn't turn on God. He turned to God. Some of you guys are here today, and you're in a pit that you couldn't dream of. And you're thinking about going, hey, I I just got to get away from, I mean, God, forget God. I mean, God didn't do squat for me. No, listen, if you will remain faithful to God, God will bring you out of that pit, and in many cases, you will be better for it. That's what he does. You know, the things that I've gone through, the hardships in my life, they've made me a better person. They've made me a stronger person. They've made my faith stronger. God took Joseph from the pit to the palace, and he can take you from the pit to the palace. But you have to be faithful to him so that he can bless you. Genesis 50, verse 20. Listen to what what Joseph says to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What the the brothers intended to do was to harm him, but God intended it for good. And you say, that's so hard. When I'm in a pit, I don't want to think about all this good stuff that's supposed to happen. I want to, I want to fight. I want to get, I want to get some, you know, I want to get it out on. Am I the only one? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel like going, God's going to bless me. Woo! I mean, this is going to be joyous. No, it, it, it's hard. But listen, if we will get on our knees, if we will turn to God, not away from God, He will bless us. He will bring us out of the pit, and we will be stronger. And you say, well, what good can come out of the pit that I've been thrown into? Listen, there can be a lot of good. 
a lot of good. You know, in Romans 8, 28, I've said this scripture a lot, but I think it's one of the most encouraging scriptures. And listen to what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And so here's, the, here's what I want to leave you with. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus so that when the pits of life happen, that he will be there with you? Or are you just faking it? Do you trust God and trust his faithfulness? And do you believe that if you will remain faithful to God, that he will bring blessing out of the pit that you're in? Or do you doubt it? Listen, God wants to use our pits to bring us to the palace. And that's what exactly what he can do. I want to I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, maybe you've already been through this pit. And you're at the, the tail end of a pit. And you're thinking, well, what good can come out of this? I'm through it. It's over. What good can come out of this? Listen, if you will remain faithful to God, if you will trust God, good will come out of the pit. It will. And so maybe you're here today and you're questioning God. Listen, it's okay to question him. It's okay to say, why? What's going on? As long as you continue to serve him, as long as you continue to follow him. He can handle the hardest questions. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you're facing a pit today. Maybe you're just starting a pit. Listen, go into the pit knowing that God will be with you. He's not going to let you walk through that pit alone and walk hand in hand with him. Maybe you need to spend time in his word, gaining strength so that when the pit hits, you're ready. Maybe you need to you know, just trust God and say, okay, God, whatever you want to take me through, I'm not going to run from it because I want to learn from it. And I believe that no matter what happens, you are going to work it out for my good and for your glory. Maybe that's what you need to say to him. Listen, I'm going to leave us with a scripture that I think it's not only good for death. You hear it maybe at some funerals, but it's also good for life. And I want you to hear this with your head bowed and your eyes closed. It's the Psalm, Psalm 23. It says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, I hope that that you have that personal relationship with Jesus today. Because if you are going into these pits that we all go through, listen, it's so much easier with him. It's It's not easy, but it's easier because he's with us.
And so maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus personally. Listen, he wants a personal, one-on-one relationship with you. It's not about joining a church. It's not about giving money. It's not about filling out a card. It's not about coming to the front. It's all about knowing Jesus personally. So that when you face these pits in life, he will be there with you. And so maybe you're here today and you need to just, in your chair, just pray a simple prayer and say, Okay, God, I don't want to face these pits alone. I'm tired of the pits that I'm going through in my life. And I want you to save me. I want you to come into my life and I want you to forgive me of my sin. So that I can walk with you through the pits of life. Maybe that's what you need to do right there in your chair. Maybe you're here today, and again, you already know Christ. But you haven't been walking side by side with Him. You're far from Him because you moved. And you haven't turned to Him in the times of pits that that are going on in your life. You've turned away from Him. Listen, all you have to do is turn back around. And He is there. And He wants to walk with you. And so maybe you just need to turn around and say, Okay, Christ, I need you. I want to return to you. I want to come back, and I want to walk with you. Listen, you can do that as well. If you make a decision today for Christ, we want to know about it. We want to know about it so that we can walk through the pits with you and we can walk beside you as well and offer you the encouragement and the the strength that you need to get through the pits of life. And so if you need to fill out an orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, then we will contact you and we will walk beside you. I want to close this in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for being with us in the pits of life. No matter what we face, whether it's betrayal, whether we've been thrown into the pit, whether we've thrown ourselves into the pit, you are always there. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that all of the pits that that we remain faithful to you in, we come out of them better. And we can come out of them knowing that you are God and trusting in you even more. And so we thank you for blessing us when we are faithful to you. And so, Lord, for those maybe that are here today, that are walking through that pit, may they realize that you are there with them. And may they keep their eyes focused on you. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com, or you can contact us by phone, 580 216 6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.